Hey, Merry Christmas, Valley family. I uh, hope you are uh, just all in on the Christmas season at this point. Thank you for joining us uh, on our online campus, wherever you are really uh, joining in and, and connecting with us. I, I want to start out today, this is week number two uh, in, in this series, Advent series, the waiting on the coming of Christmas, anticipating, that's what Advent really is, with expectation, uh, remembering the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to start off today by asking a question, you know, one of the things I love the most about Christmas, I mean, I I love Christmas, but one of the things I love the most is the, the songs, the music of Christmas, and so those of you that are joining us on our online campus, as I said, welcome Go ahead and just put in the chat right now, what's your favorite Christmas song? What's your favorite Christmas song? Whatever that is, just put it in there. Uh, However, Dominic the donkey, you're not allowed to put that in the chat, okay? That's not allowed, and grandma got run over by a reindeer. Eh, Don't do that either. We'll tell your grandma, okay? So uh, anything else is fair game. Just go ahead and put that in the chat. Uh, I'll tell you what my favorite Christmas song Christmas song is, and it's because it's, it's sentimental, really, and I, I think most every year I end up telling this story, and the staff actually reminded me I do this every single year, and then I asked them, well, should I do it again, and it was unanimous. They wanted me to do it again, so they asked for it, so here it goes, uh, but, but my favorite Christmas song is uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and, and the reason for that is uh, this is actually the story I'm going to tell is, is BS, is before Susie. That's what BS is in my life, before Susie. Uh, I was dating another young lady uh, my freshman year of college, and it was Christmas time, and we went into the cafeteria. It was all decorated just beautifully. There was a piano there, and uh, she, she played the piano, and she sat down, and I was sitting on the bench next to her, and we were just singing some Christmas songs, and she, she sang this song, you know, started playing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And we started singing, you know, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Let your heart be light. And I love that one line, let your heart be light. I have to remind myself of that from time to time. And, and it was just this moment and, and it was so good. Sometimes some moments are not meant to be selfish. They're meant to be shared. And so I was just so excited about just this perfect moment. I ran out of the, I said, hold on a minute. I ran out of the cafeteria and I found the first people that I, I could, uh, a, a, another guy and girl, that you know, friends of mine, students. I said, come on in here. Let's sing this song together. And, and we stood around the piano and we sang this song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And we got to that point, you know, in the song, and and it says, uh, Through the years we all will be together if the fates allow. And, of course, we were at Bible college. You didn't sing fates. You sang Lord. So, if the Lord allows. And uh, the, the, the sentiment on that, the irony, is not because the girl I was dating at the time, but when I ran around the corner and went to get a couple more friends, one of my buddies in the dorm and his girlfriend, That girlfriend was Susie Warner, who is my wife for the last 30 years. And the fact is, the following Christmas, she was my girlfriend. And so uh, 33 years, we've been together. And so every time, our kids know it, every single time, we hear that song the first time at Christmas, you know, mom and dad are in the car, we kind of look at each other, or, you know, she'll... 
you know, I'll reach over and like, you know, hold her hand or she'll put her hand on my knee and I drive into a tree, you know, or something like that. So, so anyway, Christmas, there, there's so much sentiment when it comes to Christmas. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe your song has a story as well, but that's my favorite song. But I guess the big question is really this, when it comes to Christmas, is, is there more to Christmas than just sentiment and warm fuzzies? I mean, there's got to be something more, I think. Because sentiment is great, and, and I'm a sentimental guy, but there is so much pain in our world today, right now. There, there's so many people hurting that, that Christmas isn't necessarily going to be this over-the-top celebration. And, and so the big idea today that I, I want us to look at is that we gain strength while we wait on God. Last week we talked about waiting and how much of the Christmas story is waiting as we looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth and 400 years of silence. And today I want to look at strength in waiting. Strength in waiting. And I want to start off, and, and, and you can open up the Valley Christian Church website, valleyny.cc, and my notes are there for you. You can follow along with them and Take some of your own and email it to yourself. You'll have them forever. But I want to start off with this very familiar passage in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It was a prophetic, uh, really, passage. And uh, Isaiah prophesied this 500 years before the coming of Jesus Christ. 500 years. And it says, for to us, that means you and me, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And so this is 2,500 years ago, but Jesus was given for you and for me today. When, when, when Isaiah prophesied this 2,500 years ago, for to us, to you and me, and, and that's not sentiment, that's supernatural. That's power that he came to give us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I'm not going to really unpack all this right now. Maybe I will in the next couple weeks. But but I want to emphasize this whole point. Jesus was given to you. And Jesus was given to me. And and I thank God for the sentiment of Christmas. I thank God for good memories. And, and, And not everyone has those memories, but aren't necessarily good memories. But Jesus came to give us something more than memories and warm fuzzies. He really came to give us himself. And he's God's gift to you and to me. And we're not waiting for him to come that first time. He did 2,000 years ago. We're waiting for him to return. And there's something about the pain, there's something about the heartache that's present in 2020 well, I don't know, I, I find myself even longing more for his return than ever before. Just to set this world right. Another interesting passage later on in the book of Isaiah, and, and there's so much that he says prophesying about the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah, the promised one. You, you know, that, that uh, it'll be a child born to us, the government on his shoulders, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
But I love this in Isaiah 61, he prophesies he's coming more, he's coming for more than just the warm fuzzies. This is who's coming. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And he's saying this prophetic word in the first person, but he's talking about Jesus. And it's interesting in the Gospels, Jesus opens up the scroll and he reads this. And then he says, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing. He's like, I'm the one Isaiah was talking about 500 years ago. Look at what he said. This is why I came. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news to those who have lost hope and poor and poverty. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I, I know so many people that are brokenhearted this Christmas because of loss of a loved one, because of loss of a job, because of loss of a, a graduation, because of the, so much loss has happened over 2020, so much heartbreak. He came to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, th those that have started new addictions this year because of the pressure and the stress or gone back to old addictions that are held captive to a substance or, or to a drink. He came to set free. He goes on and says, and release from the darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the days of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So, so many I know are mourning right now. And to provide for those who grieve in Zion. It goes on and it continues talking about the promised one. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Ashes was a sign of mourning. You put ashes on yourself, ancient world the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Some translations say heaviness. That's what I love about that song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Jesus came that my heart would be light, not just at Christmas, but all the time, not despair. And then he says, this is, this is what's gonna happen. The, the, the Savior's gonna come. He's gonna heal the brokenhearted. He's gonna set free the captive. You know, he's gonna do all these things. And then I love, he describes what our lives, what Jesus wants to accomplish in our lives, my life and yours, that they'll be called oaks of righteousness. Strong, firm, immovable oak of his righteousness. The planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor. See, we need to learn, you and I, that God works in the waiting, in the waiting room. You know, so much time we're waiting, God, where are you? What are you gonna do? And we talked about this last, last week. God does some of his best work in the waiting room. So if you're waiting today, understand Jesus wants to work right now in your heart, in your life, in your mind to create and cause you to be an oak of righteousness. That, that he'll have joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, despair. 
Jesus just doesn't give you what you need. Jesus is what you need. That's why unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He's what we need. He's what you need. He's what I need. Your heart was created by him and your heart was created for him. And you can't fight and claw to gain the world. But without Jesus, the world will never satisfy you. Never be completely satisfied. If there's a growing discontent deep in your heart, a a hunger that just hasn't been completely satisfied by people, by pleasure, by material things, by accomplishments, today is the day to open your heart up to the idea that Jesus is for you and you were made for him. But you have to walk away from all those lesser things and ask him to become completely your more than anything else. He's enough for you. And Jesus is here right now and he's right where you are. See, this Christmas, it it may not be what you were hoping for this Christmas, but Jesus is still all that you need. This may not be what you imagined Christmas of 2020 was going to be like back in March. It may not be what you were hoping for, but Jesus is still all that you need. I love it, Proverbs chapter 18. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. One thing I've learned this year more than ever is like, I just got to lean into the Lord. Lean into Jesus. Because when everything's just swirling around, he's a fortified, he's a strong, strong tower. And in the midst of all the fury and the fray, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's the one that came. Like an anchor for you and me. Emmanuel, as we talked about last week, God is near. He's fighting for you. And he's fighting for me. And though accusations may fly and the enemy may assault our thoughts, The people may cut us down and drag our name through the mud. Those schemes are launched and temptations may overwhelm us. Through our flesh, though our flesh rises up and screams out, you know, listen to me, give me what I want. Our hope is in the one that fights for us, the fortified tower. The name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, is a strong tower. The righteous run to it. We run to him, and we're safe. We can stand firm in Christ. We can show up every day dressed in confidence, knowing that the battle really doesn't belong to us, no matter what you're facing. No matter what I'm facing, the battle belongs to the Lord. And in the midst of a COVID Christmas, I think we need to remind ourselves that God makes a way while we wait. God makes a way while we wait. A lot of times you hear this this next verse around New Year's, and and maybe we'll repeat it, (laughs) because it's just fantastic. 
But, but most of what we're looking at today, I wanted to, like, again, with this idea of Advent, the coming of Jesus, look at the prophetic words that were spoken, so many of them, in the Old Testament. And in Isaiah, again, 500 years before the coming of Jesus, it says, forget the former things. He's talking about when the Savior comes. Forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. You hear this at New Year's all the time. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Boy, if we ever needed God to make a way, we need him to make a way right now in what just seems like the wilderness all around us. God is the way maker. That's who Jesus is. That's why he came, to make a way, to make a way for you and me to God, to have a relationship with a holy God that we could never make that way ourselves. And not just for eternity in heaven, but to change the quality and the character of our lives today here on earth. And so Isaiah, there's so much that he points to of like this is what's going to happen when he comes and we look back as Isaiah looked forward 500 years, we look back 2,000 years. This is why he came. And you know, no matter what you're going through, I think we need to be reminded of who Jesus is. He's, he, he's not the baby in the manger. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. Isaiah chapter 43, getting in the second part of verse 20, it says, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. See, there's something about when Life is difficult, life is challenging, and I believe, you know, I told staff recently, 30 years I've been pastoring, this is the most challenging year, no question about it, in 30 years. But there's something about when life is difficult and life is challenging, and those around us that don't know Christ see how we are responding, do we react or do we respond? Is there a grace? Is there a peace? Do we maybe kind of get, you know, a little hectic and a little anxious, but then we are able to refocus on Christ and peace comes back again? That all of that is actually a proclamation and praise to Jesus when people witness that in our lives. And so he's doing so much in us through all of this time of uncertainty and difficulty, and I love just the, the, the picture here. He provides water in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland, drink to his chosen people, form for himself. You were made for Jesus, and he was given for you. That's where our hearts find peace, strength, even as we wait on him to come through and to answer our prayers. In Isaiah 43 to verse 25, it says, I, even I, am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. This is the good news of Christmas. This is why he came. To, to live a sinless life, lay his life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me on the cross. 
and to rise from the dead three days later, that we would be forgiven of our sins, yes, in eternity, but also we could enjoy the benefits of a relationship, growing relationship with him today because this world is a dangerous place. This world is a dark place. This world is full of despair. And yet, Jesus works in our hearts as we trust in him, even while we wait, even when it's tough. And he changes the quality and the character of our lives. And we can work through it with him and walk through it with him. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what he did. That's what God did through sending Jesus. Your sins I will remember no more. And then this Psalm 135, verse 13. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, through all the ages. We need to remember while we wait is that we can count on Jesus. He's working. He's working while we're in the waiting room and we can find strength even while we wait, even when we don't see what's happening. When it feels like we're losing hope, Jesus is a hope we can hold on to. Hope when we can't hold on any longer. When I was in, uh, graduating from high school at John Jay High School, uh, my parents gave me a, a wall hanging uh, to go with me when I went to college down in Florida. And, and it had part of this passage that we're gonna look at right now on this wall hanging, and it hung over my bed all four years that I was in college and brought me a lot of hope when there was challenging times in, uh, in the classroom, challenging times in student leadership. I was the president of the student body. That's, that's not an easy thing. It sounds glamorous, not real glamorous. A lot, lot, lot of difficult, uh, difficult times that I had to walk through and, and, and show some leadership in. But Isaiah chapter 40, again, this is Isaiah, 500 years before the coming of Christ, the advent. Isaiah 40, why do you say, O Jacob, and that's referring to Israel, people of God, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? You ever felt that way before? You ever felt that way before, that that God's forgotten you? Isaiah's saying, he hasn't forgotten. You're just in the waiting room and there's strength to be found while you wait. You can hope in him. He goes, you're thinking my way is hidden from the Lord and my right disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? It's like, don't you remember? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends and the earth. He does not faint or grow weary His understanding is unsearchable. We can't even track with him in his thoughts of what he's doing. It's so much greater, so much bigger. He gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases their strength. Their strength in waiting. You may feel faint. You may feel like giving up. That's why We need God so much. Because even while we wait on him to fulfill or answer the prayer and the cry of our hearts, he wants to give you and I strength 
so that we would not faint. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Even young people and young men shall fall exhausted. When we're trying to face life in our own strength, when we're trying to do it without Jesus, when we're trying to do it on our own, we'll faint. But look at what it says. But, and this, this was what was on the wall hanging. They that wait for the Lord, that wait on Him, that rest in Him, while He's working, even if they don't see it. They who wait for the Lord, on the Lord, shall renew their strength. When we wait, our Savior strengthens us. He strengthens us while we wait. They that wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. And then it describes what this looks like. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. And that was it. It was this picture of an eagle with this passage on the bottom. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I've been putting in a lot of time lately running and, and, uh, and all on the treadmill. And, and let me tell you, everyone's got a point where it's just like, I just can't do this. I just can't do this. However, the promise of this passage, this prophetic passage is this, that when it comes to walking with Jesus, walking this life out that God created for you and me, we can find inexhaustible strength from him. Our Savior strengthens us while we wait. They that wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They don't get more tired. They get stronger. Our faith gets stronger in the waiting room as we trust him, no matter what it looks like on the outside. This is, Christmas is more than sentiment. Christmas is the coming of Jesus, not only to pay the price for your personal sins and mine, but to give us strength for today. Strength to, to heal our broken hearts, to mend our marriages that, that, are, that are being pulled apart. That's why he came. So much more than just sentiment. The Savior came to change our lives today. Hope when you can't hold on. Waiting will grow you more than anything else. I believe that. Waiting. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. There's no other promise. If you do this, you'll renew your strength. It's when we wait on the Lord. Waiting will grow you more than anything else. The space between what came last and what comes next for you is the greatest place of growth. Let me say that again because many of us are in that waiting area between what was and what's to come. The space between what came last and what comes next for you is the greatest place of growth. And so right now in the waiting room, see yourself as it's not a waiting, you're not in the waiting room, you're in the greenhouse. That's where God's got you, in the greenhouse. Growing, you're growing. I, I remember when I was a little boy, uh, about 10, 12 years old, I would have growing pains. And, and, and my dad would come in, and my dad has his big old meaty hands, and, and, uh, and, and he'd rub some rubbing alcohol on my legs, like my calf and all, and he'd start just kind of massaging my legs. 
and, and as he's massaging my legs, and they're just cramping because I'm having these growing pains, and, 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 and this pain, and I'm just so uncomfortable, and going, oh, daddy, and I remember just hearing my father's voice. I have my eyes closed, and he's just massaging my legs. He goes, boy, you're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. I know this hurts now, but you're getting stronger, and you're going to be able to run faster than you ever could run before. See, I was in the greenhouse. I, I, was, I was growing while I was waiting to get full grown. And, and I think that's the way for you and me. There's some things we just can't learn unless we go through the tough time. And, and it's difficult. But God's saying, I'm growing you, Greg. Getting stronger. You're gonna be better. You're gonna be more like my son. I'm growing you. Waiting will grow you more than anything else. We grow while we wait. And here's the last thing I, I, I want to just point out because I, I know there's so many that, that are hurting right now. I, I mean, we, we prayed as a staff this week and we always write them on the whiteboard and the thing was just totally full. Um, I, I, I got news this week that a, a guy that I played football with, I was, you know, I was a quarterback, he's an offensive lineman, he just passed away. Just, just a couple days ago. We weren't great friends, but we were teammates, you know. Uh, another friend from high school contacted me and asked me to pray because her brother was in hospice care and I found out last night he passed away, cancer. And, and she was asking for some advice. She's a Christian and, and I did the best I could share with her. It's just some biblical advice and some Bible verses bring comfort and strength and one of the things that I've learned in my own life in difficult times and I want to encourage you with this if you're struggling or you know someone who's struggling learn how to seize the silence learn how to leverage silence and quiet times in your life these times of waiting, these times of wondering, what are you doing, God? Learn how to maximize those. David, King David, the psalmist, he, he, he learned, he knew how to seize the silence. Look at what Psalm 62 says. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. I've learned to seize the signs, wait. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be shaken. Why? Because I'm seizing the silence. I, I'm learning to wait in stillness and quietness before God. And I won't be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. Good times, bad times, trust in him. Put your hope in him, not in anyone else. Oh, people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then it has this word, sila, which is a Hebrew word 
really, the best way I, I can explain what sila means, it means like pause and think about it. Just, just like take it in. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge. Think about it. Breathe it in. That truth, that promise. Seize the silence. Some of you may have heard of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, he was a, a Christian martyr in Nazi Germany uh, in the 1940s. And uh, I was actually reading an Advent book that he wrote, some, some thoughts about Christmas. And, and I came across this as he talked about being in prison really <laughs> before he was executed, just days literally before the Allied troops got to where he was and, and, and everyone was rescued. Uh, he was executed. And, and he talked about waking up in prison. And listen to what this man says, just, just powerful about seizing the silence. We wait in silence in the early hours of each day because God is supposed to have the first word. And we wait in silence before going to sleep because to God also belongs the last word of the day. Silence before the word, however, will have its effect on the whole entire day in between. If we've learned to be silent before the word, we will also learn to be economical with silence and speech throughout the day. The silence of the Christian is a listening silence, a humble silence, that for the sake of humility can also be broken at any time. In other words, we're not just running off at the mouth, that when we speak words, when we break the silence, we're bringing words of life to others. And then it goes on, it says, he, he said, it is a silence in connection with the word. In being quiet, there is a miraculous power of clarification and purification of bringing together what is truly important in this life. Seizing the silence. Trusting in him. When we, when we give him our attention the first part of the day, we're saying, I trust you, God, as I sit in silence and wait on you. When we give him the last word of the day, I trust you, God, and all in between as well. Seize the silence. You'll be amazed at the strength that God will give you if you'll seize the silence. I, I love, I, I'm generally the first person to wake up in our house, especially at Christmas time. I love just going downstairs, making a pot of coffee. And, and, and then the next day, I just sit down, turn on the fireplace, just sit there with some, there's some Christmas lights in the room. And it's just silent. I just kind of sit there and just begin my day with Jesus. It helps to center me and give me strength. And then I go into his word, the word and silence. And I love this, pour out your heart before him. And this is what, this is the advice that I gave uh, to my friend who, her brother just died. I, I said, God can handle your emotions. Pour out your heart before him. You know, I, I've, I've told the story before it. When my mother was coming to the end of her battle with cancer, she'd been in remission. 
and she called. She called and said, uh, baby, the, the cancer's back, and, and I feel like the Lord's saying, it's time to set my, my, my things in order. He's gonna, I'm going home. And uh, I just wanted you to know. And uh, Susie was on the other line of the phone at the house, and I was upstairs, and I came downstairs, and, and Susie said, uh, do you want to talk? And I said, I, I do, but, but not to you right now. I, I, I need to talk to God. And uh, I, I knew about this verse in the Bible about pour out your heart before him. And, and I just went in the backyard and I just walked around our big backyard and I said, God, don't do it. Don't let my mother die. I, I just poured out my heart to him. And I just felt God just speak back to me. He said, it's going to be okay, Greg. Go ahead and pound your fists in my chest. And you pull my beard if you need to. But I'm going to love you through this. And you're going to be stronger because of it. I'll never forget that. That's the most intense time in my life where I just poured my heart out to God. And God actually gave me the strength just a couple of months later to even preach my mother's funeral as she asked me to. So many people thought there's no way he's going to be able to do it. And I was able to do it because I'd learned to seize the silence, to lean on the Lord, that there's strength in waiting. And we get stronger. We don't faint when we wait on him. So let me end with this. When Christmas is full of delight and sentiment, thank God. If that's where you're at today, thank God. And let me also say this. When Christmas is full of doubt and sadness, you can trust God. Either way, when it's great, thank him. When it's difficult, trust him. You can trust him. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up like the wings of eagles. They will run not get weary they will walk and they will not faint I'm going to ask right now would you bow your heads with me let's pray Heavenly Father Lord thank you for giving us what we needed the most your son to be our savior Jesus Christ and Lord, I just pray for every person who's experiencing, Lord, sadness and doubt and, and difficulty, uncertainty, Lord, heartbreak right now. Lord, that we would trust you. We'd wait on you. And we would find strength knowing that Jesus is the one that binds up the brokenhearted, that heals us. Lord, Thank you for this 
biblical perspective, the right perspective that even while we wait, we're growing. We're, we're, we're not in the waiting room so much as we're in the greenhouse. And Father, we trust you. We lean into you. Be the God of all comfort that we need so much. As we wait on you, Lord, give us your strength that we would just as you promised because of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, mount up with wings like eagles, run and not go weary, walk and not faint. Thank you for your strength today. In Jesus' name, amen.